Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Today, we are going to be responding to Answers in Reason, which is one of the, my favorite atheist channels. You know, you happen to have found today the Christian channel that loves atheists. And this is an atheist uh, channel. Actually, I think it's run by an atheist and agnostic. If I'm getting that wrong, guys, I'm sorry. But you may recall that they responded to my 10 questions from atheists from last year. And I went through and did responses to atheists who had dealt with different questions. And um, you may recall these guys were super nice and super insightful. And I had to stop the video to say, I love the guy on the left. I like the guy on the right and the guy on the left. I think this is the uh, guy on the left. And so we are looking forward to responding to him today. Now, just so everyone knows out there, I'm, I, I try to be a friendly, approachable guy, but I'm here with Dr. Jonathan Pritchett. Who is also a friendly and approachable guy. He, he is, but he is also known for some snark. Now, it's not my intention that this feed have snark in it, but I'm not going to muzzle Pritchett, okay? I've tried that before. My hand got bit. It wasn't any good. But uh, we're going to jump in here today, and we're going to answer these 10 questions. Any thoughts from you, Jonathan, before we jump into this about life, liberty, God, and everything? No. All right. Let's jump right it's in. It's Friday, man. We are going to... I check my brain at the door when we do... No, yeah, you, should... you don't check your brain at the door at church, but you do when you do apologetics. Right. <laughs> That's a soundbite. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's let's uh, let's let's jump right in here, and we're going to do this the sloppy, old-fashioned way, but I'll try to pause it as much as I can. Whoops. Yeah. That's not it. Is... Wait a minute. Is this it? Hold on. Are you having technical difficulties? Technical difficulties. Well, that's always a good shot right there. So, of course, my badly wrong with my hair right now. Hey, folks, Joe from Answers and Reason here, doing something a little bit different. Seeing as we've responded to a number of different videos uh, of the ten questions for atheists type kind, both from theists and atheists, we thought it might be fun to actually ask some of the questions ourselves rather than answer them. We do really care about the responses, and hopefully we can create a little mini-series out of them. Question 1. If you are a religious theist, what religion are you, and what do you feel unifies folks of your faith? If you're some form of secular theist, which God do you believe in? And why don't you adhere to any religion? Okay. <clears throat> Pritchett, there you are. <clears throat> I think I messed it up and I'm going to have to try to find that again. But anyway, um, all right. So are you a theist? Yes. And what do you think unites people? Uh, are you a religious theist? Yes. You're a part of a religion. Christianity. The Christian religion. Yes. And I don't have a problem with that word either. What, Christian? Or religion. Yeah, I don't. Christianity is a religion. Yeah, now it's a relationship. <clears throat> yeah, that's a, that's a non sequitur. Yes, it can be a religion like and people. it can yeah. be involve a relationship. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're both Christians, and uh, what unites the resurrection us? Yeah, our beliefs, our doctrinal beliefs, specifically the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, and then the specific. If you had to nail, I mean, uh, Trinity resurrection, the Trinity and the resurrection. So yeah. in terms of doctrinal issues... Because, I mean, even if we just reduced it to the fundamentals, mm-hmm. some of those fundamentals can be affirmed by heretics that, you know, mm-hmm. well, we believe the Bible. But you're saying out of yeah. various fundamentals that all Orthodox Christians should believe yes. and affirm, you're saying even that within those, there's two... Those would call away... A lot of the heresies and cults yes. and things like that. Okay, <clears throat> but it could be that he's asking this... Okay, so on a doctrinal position, I, I agree with you that there are certain doctrinal 
positions, beliefs, and you mentioned too that that I think that was smart the way you did that. But he could be asking like in more of a pragmatic everyday sense, what brings you together, what gives you unity in your church in that Very little. Well, Have you ever seen Christians on Twitter? When when the New Testament talks about doctrine, it's often talking about godly living. Yeah. And so it's, that, again, Christians on Twitter. Right. <laughs> well, we're going to get that's a separate question coming up is what do you wish Christians would stop doing? But uh, and I'm sure you'll have fun with that. But but here, um, I, I think, honestly, the thing that I would say is that I think the thing that unites us is an understanding that we are family, that we have something that is uh, stronger than even a blood familial bond. I feel closer to Jonathan Pritchett. And even some people that I've just met for the first time in church than I do some distant family members. Why? Because our faith unites us in a way that we think is stronger than just blood relations. Or and it's even, been that way since uh, the Bible. They call it fictive kinship. Fictive right. kinship. Yeah. And the thing about it is we, we are one in a body, the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the corporate language of the Bible. And I think that when people recognize that and think, you know, and, and live according to what Jesus wanted, well, what ama- the amazing thing that happens is you stop worrying about yourself so much, and I start worrying about Jonathan more than I do or just myself. And then he looks back at me and says, I shouldn't be so worried about myself. I should worry about Braxton. Right. And now we're both worrying about each other, and we have each other's back, and what a strong thing. It's not to say that that can't exist outside of the church. It's just that we think that the strongest expression of it can be found in the church. And I realize that that could be offensive. That's not our intent, but we just think there is some additional aspect of reality that bonds us in a way that nothing else in the world can. Do you disagree with any of that, Pritchett? No. Should we just go on to the next uh, issue? Yeah, that was pretty straightforward. All right, let me see if I can find it again. I bet it starts over. Look at you. Responded to a number of atheists type well, kind, both from theists and atheists. It's okay. We thought it might be fun if you are a religious. Okay, so theist, I'm not. What I, I'm not a secular. If you're some form of secular theist, which God do you believe in? So that's not. That I think what they mean there is just you're not religious. You're secular in that sense. That's where you normally. <clears throat> that that's where you normally get people talking about. Well, you know, I believe in some kind of God. Probably is. Some of them believe in personal God. Some of them believe in just more of a deistic kind of thing. Usually you get words like spiritual thrown out there. And it. I actually like that he asked this question. And I would be interested in how secular theists would answer it because those answers are typically gibberish. Because you have to, you're inventing ideas that -hmm. you've borrowed from elsewhere. Right. And so <laughs> it starts to sound like some other religion that already exists. Right. So yeah. <clears throat> Chris Tate says, hi, Jonathan. Hey, Chris. Religion are you? And what do you feel unifies folks of your faith? If you're some form of secular theist, which God do you believe in? And why don't you adhere to any religion? If there was any religion that was completely different to your own, that you could choose to be true and proven to be true to the entire world, which would it be? Now, I'm not talking about a denomination that you see quite as different as yours. If you're a Christian, don't pick another form of Christianity or even Judaism. Think about something really out there like ancient Norse mythology or Hinduism. Question three. Okay, Pritchett, if you could pick another religion, not just another denomination of Christianity, to be true, if you found out yours was... I'm going to entertain this. I'm going to answer it. What would you say? Well, I mean, if I could pick any, I would just create my own and say that. Pritchettarianism? (laughs) Pritchettarianism, you you know, that would be... That would be the most ideal, right? Because you could create a god in your image, and then you could... uh, Well, the one God came up with would be the one that's most ideal. Well, no, it'd just be the one that... The I one that's best. most self-serving? Right. There you go. And so, I mean, but, I mean, I, I don't think that that's what he's looking for. No. I mean, what other world, like... Uh, of a religion that actually exists. And, yeah. I even was tempted to go with Jediism because there are some, I think it's fake, but they're worshippers of a religion, Jediism. Yeah. Because I think if I could make that true by wanting it true, 
And then it doesn't mean that I'm going to be force capable or have a lightsaber, but at least it means those things exist out there, you know, and maybe I could get behind that. Um, that said, there's a lot of uh, uh, Jedi ideas mostly revealed in uh, the prequel trilogy that are opposed to much of what I, I believe. Right. So, yeah. So, but anyway, what of real religions, I've got an answer. It's going to go a little long. So you, you give an answer. Um, you know, I, you and I are fire and brimstone people, <clears throat> yes. you know, I don't commit on what that brimstone, you know, it doesn't what, necessarily right. mean that it's literal fire and brimstone, but we're we fire and brimstone people. Um, but I, you know, and I, I think universalism is false, but I do have that, those impulses, right? Not that I believe it, but mm -hmm. it's like, if I could take my pick, I think, um, about the most enjoyable religious experience outside of Christianity that I, I have is probably a liberal form of Judaism, like reform Judaism. See, I uh, thought that, about not that. Not conservative I, or orthodox, yeah. but, but the reform tradition, because it's that's basically a quasi-Torah universalism kind of uh, religion uh, practice of Judaism. And, you know, I mean, I, I see the appeal of it uh, because it doesn't, it doesn't, drag you into uh like the more stricter forms of judaism like like uh you know uh, orthodox judaism uh, and you know i mean i guess what's the the worst thing is still be kosher if you know <laughs> yes yeah. so, so you're so, willing but, to put up with a, some not but very it's still ideal a monotheistic <clears throat> thing yeah. and i don't think that i could go you know, uh, polytheistic. And I don't think that I could go pantheistic. So it would probably be for, for me, um, a reformed Judaism. Bahare Haidari says, my King is a Jew. His name is Jesus. Yeah. Amen. All right. So my answer to this is similar. I thought about some form of Judaism because first of all, why would I maybe want that to be true? Like if, if I'm getting, I mean, that is what this question is based on. Yeah. Ultimately, we want to make clear it doesn't matter what two guys in Indiana think. It matters what God thinks. But if I'm taking this question and answering it honestly, why would that be something that I would want? Well, partly because I have a lot of pre, you know, I, I come with a lot of prerequisite material yeah. that I know about Judaism already. Right. So so that would be helpful. <clears throat> but but I thought I'm going to really take this thing and go with it the way I think they want, which is no, no, no. No, no, no. Go, comp go very different. Get out of your okay. Abrahamic traditions. Right. So I don't think they, they, they necessarily required that. They didn't, but they did they say denominations. Don't change, but they did, don't yeah. jump from. But so I want to read you something from a book. This is a great book. Everyone ought to have. It's called Reason for. Wow, I can't. Reason for the Hope Within, edited by Michael J. Murray and forward by Alvin Plantinga. These were a bunch of philosophers, primarily from, I think, Notre Dame. This section was written by Robin Collins. And this is what he said about Ramanuja and Madhva schools within uh, Hinduism. Now, I, I want you to think about this. Unlike Shankara, both Ramanuja and Madhva took a realistic attitude toward the world, claiming that there are really distinct things and selves. Thus, they denied Shankara's doctrine of Maya. So the idea that the world is illusory and that Really, there is just this overarching unity. Well, this guy is saying, no, no, there's real different stuff out there, and that's important. Moreover, they affirmed that Brahman is a personal God, so that's a difference, a personal God rather than an impersonal God, who is omnipotent, omniscient, eternal, timeless, perfectly free, and perfectly good and loving. In these ways, their belief systems are similar to that of Western theistic religions of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. But beyond this, both of these schools have special similarities with Christianity. First, like Christianity... They believe that God has become incarnate in human history through un though they uh, sorry though unlike Christians they believe that this has happened many times. For example, and I'm not going to keep reading a whole lot, but following the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita, they hold that during practical uh, particularly dark periods of history, God became incarnate to quote destroy the sin of the sinner and establish righteousness. Second, both of these schools strongly emphasize salvation by grace, though without any doctrine of atonement. For instance, following <clears throat> an oft-repeated teaching of Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, Ramanuja claims that there uh, that we are saved by the grace that the Lord bestows on those who devote themselves to God in love and faith. 
Moreover, Ramanuja claims that grace is so powerful that those who really devote themselves to God will achieve union with God and final liberation from the cycle of rebirths at the end of this life. Now, there are other problems like the eternality of, of the universe and Jonathan, they believe in the eternality of every individual soul so that you, and this creates a particular problem for the problem of evil as related to this as, this this uh, tradition within Hinduism, because what it means is Jonathan, the, the, the identity that we are referring to as Jonathan Pritchett has been in a cycle of reincarnation literally infinitely into the past, which yeah. means <clears throat> you have experienced a certain amount of hell infinitely into the past. So this, and, and this is how God set it up. This creates some particular problems that are more difficult on this view than on uh, Christianity, I think. Yeah. Nevertheless, as I look at this, I, I think that the, the summation statement that, this, uh, that Robin Collins makes is pretty telling. He says this, then I'll stop. In my judgment, Ramanuja's, and to the lesser extent, Madhava's worldview presents a philosophically viable alternative to that of Western theism and Christianity. Do you understand what's being said? This philosopher is saying, philosophically, this is... This is um, it has all the trappings. It's a viable alternative right. to Western theism. Yeah. Moreover, although Ramanuja's beliefs in the eternality of the soul appear to present him with a serious problem of evil, in my judgment, it is not central to the rest of his worldview. He could ditch that. He could ditch that view that that people are just like eternally existing. Though then he might have trouble with his view of the inerrancy or infallibility of um, <clears throat> Hindu scriptures because Ramanuja claims that they teach this doctrine. But the bottom line is there's there are some there are some obviously differences. Now what Collins goes on to say is we could still do apologetics with respect to Ramanujan's very version similar of ways. But we would do it yeah, but we could criticize them, but we would couldn't do it. We could his view is you couldn't just rely on philosophical arguments. You'd have to get into historical arguments like for the resurrection. Right. In order to to tilt it one way or the other. But because uh, but, of that I mean as far as the eternality stuff some philosophical arguments. We think we yeah. could bring philosophical yeah. issues. But like he says, that guy could ditch that part of his view and still right. have a Bible. So I think if it's true that it's that similar to the things that I find beneficial and, and valuable about Christianity, the, the grace, the love, all those kind of things, a God who has all the omni properties and all this sort of thing, then then that that is the one that came to my mind. Although I have to admit, um, in terms of like practical understanding how people might live that out. Um, there, there's a tradition within Hinduism of these um, bhakti cults, which are like little churches, for lack of better terminology, within Hinduism focused on one particular God. So that you might even say something like, this is the one true God. And there are Christian bhakti cults. Yeah. We wouldn't recognize them as Christian, but their focus is Jesus. And they may say something like, he's the one true God. But, they, but many of them don't mean that there aren't other gods out there. It's just that, um, he's their God. Like, like you might say, there is no team but the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, well, that that you're not saying there literally aren't other football teams. You're just saying they're the ones you're interested yeah. in and interested in worshiping. <laughs> but, but, but that's a uh, you know interest. I thought that was an interesting. Note. Yeah. So uh, Kenneth G has a uh, G or he has an interesting comment up there. He says, so that question makes no sense. I think it is insidious to ask someone to ponder on something that they do not believe is true as if it were true is an invite to God. I, 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 I don't, well, I don't think that it invites cognitive dissonance. Uh, and I also don't want to say it's insidious because I mean, it's a thought experiment. It's not saying pretend it's true. Right. Or function as though it's true. Right. It's saying, would you like, which one would you like if you found out Christianity? Was right. Lost? I don't, I, 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 I don't think that that was the intent. Now I do see <clears> if he, if, if the goal is for you to do those things, and yeah, I would agree because you're trying to hold two competing. Because it, you could look at people who've deconverted from any religion, including Christianity, and there is a period of time where they do go through cognitive dissonance, right? Trying to square new beliefs with the ones that they've had for so long, right? And it does cause them problems because it's a worldview shift, and there's always a transitory period in shifting your worldview. So if you were to actually believe it, it's true now, coming from a different background. That I would agree. But just posing the question, I don't think that the intent is to commit to pretending it's true in, in that sense. Just, yeah. just if you had a preference, 
I think it's just exploring the idea. Yeah, saying, well, what do you so, like? If you found out this wasn't true, what? Yeah, the thing about it is, it's um, what would a mark want? of a philosophically yeah. interested mind is someone who is happy to entertain hypotheticals. In yeah, my opinion. And, and so I, I don't think, I mean, there's a way that I would agree with that comment if that's what I thought this guy was trying to get people to do, but I don't mm-hmm. because I didn't get the sense that he was trying to get me to question no. my own beliefs to entertain. what what other kind of religious organizing principle would I want the world to have? I see bearded heretic is so. in the chat. Is bearded heretic the guy on the left or the guy on the right? Either one of answers in reason. If you are, I'd love to know that. And thank you for showing up, whoever you are. Well, right. uh, well, there's a, the follow-up comment says the intent is to raise doubt. Well, um, it failed. <laughs> but, but I don't think that was his but intent. But the intent for Braxton and I to do this in speaking to atheists and speaking to Muslims and the speaking is, is to raise doubts too. So that's fair game because I want them to doubt their faith because Christianity is true and I want them to become Christians. But anyone who's proselytizing for anything, their job is to raise doubt so that they can convince you of something, including Christians. And I mean, that's kind of the business of apologetics when you go on offense to criticize another worldview. So, I mean, that's fair in the sense that if they wanted to, if their intention was to create doubt, which is what a lot of content criticizing Christianity on YouTube exists for. We also exist in one sense to cast doubts on other worldviews as well. Mm-hmm. We're not just trying to play defense all day long. We're trying to preach the gospel and demonstrate that, that Christianity is true, mm-hmm. which means you need to doubt these things that you hold to be true because they're false beliefs and we think that they're harming you. Mm-hmm. So, Well, uh, Bearded Heretic says, I'm a guest on Answers and Reasons sometimes. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for showing up. And I, I am uh, assuming that these questions are asked in good faith. They, at, they presumed that about me when many other atheists said, Oh, he's just trying. He's trying to, to be that yeah. slick huckster. Right. So I'm not going to do that to yeah, them. Yeah. I, and plus, I've interacted some kind of with these guys a but little I, bit. But I mean, I, I get the I get Kenneth's impulse to suspicion, though. You know, we all have that. I think. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I just want to say I don't think that that's what they're doing. Not what they're. But doing. I do think that there are people who try to do what he is insinuating. But, all right, let's keep trucking but, now. Yeah. Whoops. What's your favorite verse or story from your holy book? My favorite verse or story, I I can't just give you a verse. My favorite story is basically the life of David start to finish, which is a lot more than I think a pericope or something like what he wants. But but the story of David, I think, is just absolutely one of the greatest tales that's ever been told. I think it's true, but I think it's also an amazing story. Yeah. Yeah. It's an archetype. It's it's a, I mean, look, you've got this young, like there's an archetype. There's a term for this archetype. I forget what it is, but it's the idea. It's the Luke Skywalker thing. It's the son who's somewhat dejected and down on, you know, depressed about the state of the world or whatever, or his position in his family. But then he meets an old guru. He learns what he needs to know to go off and be the hero against some enemy or something, right? Well, David has some of those qualities, right? As you're thinking about that. But um, the, the fact is uh, that he also has some realistic aspects to him that make him more human so that we can relate to even a guy like that, like the fact that he committed some terrible moral failings, not only with Bathsheba and the incident that happened there, but also with how he dealt with his children later on. Um, and really after Bathsheba, we never see David. We, we never see, I like the way that Steve Gregg put it. it. We never see the sheen on his kingdom that he once had before. It's not that God wasn't faithful to him, and it's not that he didn't live into his old age. It's just that it never was like it had been yeah. before that event. It, it's like his moral authority was gone. His kids didn't even seem to care so much what he thought about certain things. So, um, but, but, but that's making him more like me, right? That's making him <laughs> flawed like I am. You're and, not David, right? <laughs> right. I, yeah. I, I identify with that some of the worst thing. things about David and almost none of the best, but that that's my favorite. What about you? Probably, uh, the Areopagus, Paul there. If you look what? at Acts 17, Paul. Oh, Areopagus. Paul at the Areopagus. Yeah. Areopagus. I mean, just it, once you look at, and I know people are like, yeah, but I mean, not a whole lot of people converted, but he was also trying to get out get out of there without losing scalp. So or a minimum of beat down. Right. So it seems just the, once you look under the hood with the Stoics and Epicureans and the, the 
the just the men of Athens, the religious people who were buying the system, and then the philosophy classes. And if you once you get under the hood and you just look at that thorough takedown and that divide and conquer strategy that he had, pitting them all against each other to get himself out of it, just because it, it matched it. It, it just that that narrative is a story. Plus, it has his speech, which you know I'm interested in mm-hmm. in Greco-Roman speeches, and and so it just has all the things that I'm interested in. And it's a thorough yeah. takedown of of all their worldviews. So. And it's likely so. Uh, it's just a matter of you know interest that that becomes mine. Who's the uh, scholar that used to be at um, at Southern, but yet he um, he's kind of divisive. He and his wife are scholars together. People are divided over him. David, uh, David Garland. Garland, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was him that said this, but I, I I think it makes sense to say that Luke include like Luke made decisions, right, Jonathan? Don't you yes. think Luke made decisions oh. what to include? And well, his I mean, yeah, take I, is that he included Act 17, not only because it was important and it happened, yeah. but he, he included it as almost like a format for how you might dialogue with philosophically interested Greeks and pagans. Yeah. And so, and what is it? It's very, I don't care what, anybody says about this it's very obviously to me a classical apologetics approach yeah. he's he's being he's he's showing some degree of respect or reverence for or value at least in some aspects of their pagan culture because he's using those things as uh touchstones well i backed off of respect and said value okay. he sees well, value in the altar of the unknown god because he's going to say yeah that's the god i'm promoting he sees a I'm, point of mm-hmm. connection yeah, and he and he and then he does the same thing with the with the um, poetry, the pagan poetry. So it's got that. But then the the classical method part of it comes in with he's arguing for one God who created everything. Yeah, and then he goes on to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. Why? My goodness, that's what Norman Geisler and William Lane Craig and every other classical apologist does. So um, anyway. Just thought though that. So you like Act Seventeen? I just I like, like it because it has some of, of my interests. Just you know, beyond the Bible and that era, and and, mm-hmm. and the literature and what's all in the ph- philosophical traditions, and just I just think it's a it's 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 a great story. All right, let's keep trucking. Luke did a good job. I mean, obviously he. Had- if there was one thing, go ahead, Jonathan. So obviously he had to take. I mean, you can read Paul's speech in a minute and a half. So obviously he tailored it, but just mm-hmm. the way that that's all constructed for that passage yeah. is just great. Choose not to be true about your religion, what would it be? As an example, the other day someone told me on Twitter that they wished pets would go to heaven with them. Question five. Jonathan, what do you think about I, I, that? That's notion? already true about as far you as You think I'm pets concerned. are going to heaven? I do. And I, I don't know. What's your reason for that? I, uh, Wish fulfillment? <laughs> um, well, I, I think that uh, the animals know God at a more intimate level. I mean, according to Job 12 and some other passages, I just, I just don't see why. I do believe that they're soulish, mm-hmm. and I, I, just. Now, when we say heaven, understand like N.T. Wright says, heaven's great, but it's not the end of the right. world. So and what he means by earth, that is, new heavens the, and new earth. The do end think, result is heaven. Do I think pets? Um, well, I want to. I want to clarify to the audience. Yeah. What we believe, what what Christianity teaches is that just as your body will be resurrected and you will not merely be a soul floating around ethereally, ethereally but yeah. you will, your body will be resurrected and so will the earth. And so we will live forever on the earth in that sense. Yeah, I mean, we did... Or whole, other planets. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to say if, if, without, <laughs> if without Jesus as king over, you know, yeah. recognized as king by world governments, we could put a man on the moon and we're planning a mission to Mars and we got Elon Musk and... Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos going to space like every other weekend or whatever, just for kicks. Then I, I'd say with Jesus as King, we could probably inhabit some other worlds. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I, 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 I mean, I don't know for sure, of course. Mm-hmm. But if you know, if I had to lean one way or the other, I'm leaning. Yeah. There's. I have good reasons to think yes. I have no good reasons to think no. Um, but that's not the question. The question yeah. is, what do you, what do you wish were not true? It's well, easy for me. Yeah. Hell. So the universalism thing. Any view of hell, I wish it weren't true. That, But now, saying that, and I'm trying not to do this too much because I don't want to just give them an answer, you know, and then just explain why my answer is bad. But I do want to say this. Obviously, I still recognize within myself, I intuit, 
the notion that there needs to be some level of justice for people that don't receive justice for yeah. the abused and the abuser. Um, I, if, if Adolf Hitler killed himself, um, he never received the sort of justice that we would like to see. And I'm not even sure that there would be necessarily a way to replicate that, but God could ensure justice is done for those killed and for the killer. But, um, so I recognize my point is I recognize the, the, the logic behind justice and, and if God's a good God, then he would be a just God. I get all of that. So, but if you're just asking me, what do I so not want? Like? hell for some form of purgatory for, for them to have to endure some sort of. Yeah, maybe. But see, I, my, since I don't think that's the case, yeah. <clears throat> I actually think that that would not achieve justice. I don't, I don't think you don't think universalism achieves justice. I'm, I'm not convinced of that. (laughs) I remain unconvinced. Yeah. But here's my point. It's nice to think if you're just, yeah, if I don't think it's true, I want to make clear to our Christians audience. I don't think it's true, but if, what would I not like? What would I like to not have? It'd be, it'd be hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you do away with? What would I do away with? I don't. I don't know. I, I, I've, I've been thinking about that, but I, I, hell's. I don't know. Um, I, it's one of those things that I'm. You kind of become once you live within a, a, a faith, you kind of even. Be, become okay with the things that you're not comfortable with. Well, you, you spend time thinking you about know. it and resolve like, like with hell, however you understand hell, yeah. I've resolved in myself that there is a, in to my mind, a legitimate explanation for why hell. Okay. Yeah. doesn't mean I'll, it doesn't mean emotionally it's satisfying, but, you, if, if but you, logically it makes but sense. But if you could me. excise it and kick it to the curb, yeah. that, that would be the one thing that you would do. I mean, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't do it, but the spirit of the question, I think. Yeah. I, I'm answering, you know. You know, I didn't, my dad said this for years. My I mean, dad my dad will stand in a Southern Baptist, very fundamentalist pulpit, and he will say, I don't agree with God about a lot of things. I don't agree with God that David was a man after his own heart. I don't agree with God that Moses didn't get to go into the promised land. I don't agree with God. He, he lists off like a number of things. But then he says, but doesn't matter what I think, matters what he thinks. And I think that's true. There are things that some guy in Indiana doesn't like about right. the way the world is. And that extends to even things within my faith that, that I don't, that are not appealing well, to my senses. Well, but that, that doesn't mean I'm right. It means I'm a guy in Indiana yeah, well, and God's it, God. Yeah, there's things that, you know, I wouldn't care about if I was God, but God cares. So I have to care because I care what God cares about. But if he didn't yeah, care, yeah. I wouldn't either. There's a lot of yeah. things like that. But as far as excising, what, I, what would I do away with? Um, see, I, if I just say hell, then I'm repeating why I, I was attracted to Reformed Judaism in the first place, right? Because it's kind. Of, so, I'm, but no, I don't, you I don't didn't know. state that as one of the reasons, huh? You didn't state that. I as said one that of the, reasons. the universalism impulse is I mean, okay. It's kind yeah, of a, yeah, you It's did. kind yeah. of a. It's a kind of a quasi universalism. So, I mean, it would just be repetitive to say that. But, I mean, I guess I can go with it, so we can move on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. What are some of the worst arguments you hear us atheists making? Easy. Well, wait a minute. I haven't heard you make these arguments. So, I know you're using the proverbial plurality, us. But in reality, I haven't heard you make these kind of arguments. Yeah, the who created God is the most ridiculous. I don't understand. Questions aren't arguments, Jonathan. That's what Cameron Bertuzzi says. Well, you know why he says it? Because there are people who think the questions are arguments. <laughs> there's a reason why the, uh, yeah. who the, made the, God, a reason why um, the, the statement exists in the first place. Um, it's not really an argument. Like, I think that the arguments that have been offered, some of them, the, the two that come to mind, or one, depending on how you view, if you think divine hiddenness is a subcategory of the problem of evil, then one argument. But we could frame two. We could frame multiple arguments out of this subject matter. But the point is, argument, evidential arguments from evil... And uh, divine hiddenness arguments, I think we have acceptable responses to those that take the wind out of their sails. But I also think that they're very powerful. I, I think that they are they they are not something Christians should just dismiss flippantly. 
We should, and here's one reason is because with problem of evil, the people in your church that don't even know what apologetics is and have never met an atheist, they're going to think of it on their own. Cause they're going to be like, why did God let this happen to my kid or whatever? Yeah. You know? So, so I don't dismiss those. Those are serious and they're not I, when, like, I, it's always difficult to talk about. It's like, they're good arguments in the sense that they're not dumb arguments. <laughs> like they, 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 they are arguments we have to take seriously premise by premise. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I mean, if you've ever heard Richard, Daw- I mean, he's even there's an implied argument in the question, though. I mean, even Richard Dawkins has spouted up like, who created God? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so either that or that somehow evolutionary biology somehow means God doesn't exist. You know, those kinds of things. Yeah. Because evolution is true. There's no God or, or whatever. Yeah. And even though I'm not on theistic evolution bandwagon at all i still think that's a terrible argument because it, it yeah uh, you and i would an ultimate non sequitur to go from because evolution therefore atheism well and they do and that's done with a lot of things and okay so first of all all the little things like um aside from the arguments like things like uh well the kalam doesn't mention god we have a video on that um or or uh well like, that's a that's a terrible response to an argument. Yeah, I guess that's true. What, like argument, like, well, uh, like the logical... Or just sweeping statements, like all theistic arguments fail, or they're all rubbish, or... Th- but stuff, there's an implied like argument in there that the... the, the I'm just not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> but all those carry with them implied arguments. But I, I would think that you could, you could make a case... That the worst argument, it, it's really at this point silly to keep trying to trot out the logical problem of evil. I think so, so but so there are new a, voices defending it now. Right, but I mean, that's because they're trying to make a name, you know, trying to resurrect a dead horse. But since they don't believe in God or resurrections, that's not going to happen. So it really is at this point, that would be the worst from a strictly, don't bring that up because it's it logically, it doesn't carry the, the water you need it to where you need it to go. So. Yeah. So, so but I'm was, still going with the who created God thing. Like as if that's, that's still, I mean the worst as far as, as it goes. Yeah. But there was something else I was going to say, like what, like what do I think are the worst things that are say- So you hit on something that I wanted to raise back up and say, yeah, anything like that. So in order for Christian theism to be true, in my opinion, you need two things that God exists and God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, obviously that doesn't get you like the authority of scripture as Pritchett and I would affirm. It doesn't get you a lot of things that you'd like to know. And some would even say it doesn't necessarily mean Christianity or anything like Christianity is true because God could have raised Jesus from the dead to deceive you or aliens could have done it to deceive you or something like this. To my mind, the, to say that Jesus being raised by God from the dead doesn't mean Christianity or something like Christianity is true. It's kind of like saying we saw this guy wearing a NASA suit on the moon, and uh, but it doesn't mean NASA put him there. You know, it doesn't mean that's how he got there. Could have been Bezos, man. <laughs> right? It could have been Bezos, but you know. So I think, uh, I, I yeah, I think anything that tries to say, okay evolution means Christianity is false. Well, wait a minute. How does evolution bother that God exists or God raised Jesus from the dead? Or the Old Testament has these atrocities that I don't like, therefore, well, hold on. Does that mean God doesn't exist? Or does that mean Christian Jesus wasn't raised from the dead? So anything that takes a little asp- or an aspect of Christianity that is not the fundamental or one of the fundamentals and then tries to make that turn Christianity on its head, those are terrible because they, they miss in my opinion. Now, if you're just talking about a question like, is God a moral monster in the Old Testament? Fair enough. We're going to talk about that issue. But if your whole thing is Christianity is false because uh, I like evolution or whatever, then yeah. or evolution is true or whatever like that, then I think that's... So, so anyway, that, yeah. do we answer that? I don't know if we answer that. I'm still sticking with my original statement, who created God. That's the first one that came to my mind too. Yeah, so that's the worst, because there's an implied argument there. Six. If there was a behavior from your fellow theists that you wish you could change, what would it be and why? Well, the question is actually different than what he said. He said fellow theists, but the question was fellow believers. That God exists. Huh? They could be a believer that God exists and not a Christian believer. 
Well, the, I mean, okay. Theism, it doesn't matter. We're Christians. Let's answer it. Well, uh, yeah, I was thinking, well, I mean, if it's just theists, there's no one. I mean, that's hard to. What's the one behavior of 95% of the, the world? We're going to answer for Christians. Yeah. Okay. So, so if it's believers, and I take that to be Christian believers, I would go um, the one behavior that I would change. Yes. Um, uh, it's hard to pick down which one I would go with. Probably quit, uh, get rid of religious kitsch. That's your thing? That would solve a lot of problems, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> you want to get rid of, like, instead of esprit, it says Holy Spirit, or this blood's for you. Right. Bloodweiser. <laughs> this blood, yeah. You want to get that? Okay. I, I admit that'd be a great thing to get rid of. If we could get rid of Christian Kitsch. But would, that, but that's your, that's your solution. Either that or, or, um, the inability for Christians to form a uh, in the United States a party a a viable Christian party instead of uh, voting it as blocks whether whether it's you know Democrat or Republican or whatever instead of just voting and yeah think, so because I, I mean think about it think about it there are certain denominations that are going to vote for Republican and, and evangelical you know some that aren't and then you have you know the main lines you have the black church a lot of those vote as block democrats i mean you have people who, who you know cross aisles within that but the majority always vote in these blocks and i think that christians at some point should have and not now but they should have 40 50 years ago had done better on that so but even then i don't know if that's worse than the spirit t-shirt so uh but those would be Either one of those, I could, I would, I would love to change. Christian kids are voting as blocks instead of. So you want to go of, against the instead of they had a, and, and well, I don't want to slide diggity dog. One says, block, a third, a, a viable Christian third party. One vote. So you want to go, you want to yeah. go against the Constitution? Slide diggity dog says. I, okay, uh, I didn't know that forming third parties were against the Constitution, but. Okay, um, my answer to this question is I wish that Christians would be um, cautious but more open to uh, questioning their secondary doctrinal positions. Now, when I say that, I want to be cautious that you understand what I'm saying. First of all, the reason I'm not saying that they would be okay questioning Christianity I think everyone goes or most people go through a period where they do question. But the point is, most of your solid Christians, the people that I think the question is being asked about, they're completely sold. They feel like they know God. They have a relationship with God. They're not. I, I, I think we're talking about within like while as with them as Christians, <clears throat> I wish they'd be more open to having to considering secondary doctrinal positions because it's much more acceptable, like in the Trinity Radio primetime discussion group. And sometimes in these Facebook groups where you have theological discussions, I think that people are not cautious enough in their openness to accepting other secondary doctrinal issues. But I think we should be open to that and not treat someone like they're some kind of weirdo from another planet if they become convinced of a different view of soteriology, eschatology, the nature of hell, something like that. Sly Diggity Dog seems to be confused about the entire foundation developing by the founding fathers was to keep religion out of politics. No, it was to keep uh, the government, the government from, from setting up a state of, religion, right? It has nothing to do with persons of faith being involved in political activities because that's what most people were. I don't, we have an education problem. In this country. Good point, Braxton. Now go baptize some infants with me. <laughs> well, I can't do that, Jim, but, um, <laughs> but I'm open. I'm open to secondary doctrine issues. I love it. <coughs> go, 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 uh, christen the baby or, 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 yeah. or duck the child. All right, let's get back to uh, answers and reason here. What movie do you feel gives the most accurate representation of your faith? Going back. Okay, to I, I struggle. The Ten with Commandments. With, <laughs> <laughs> with Heston, right? Period. Your I, I, str I struggle. 
I struggle with this one. Yeah, I mean, none of them are on the left. No one's going to be happy with any, um, with any Bible story set to. I don't care if Pure Flix is doing it. I mean, Pure Flix, they they ruined Esther because my wife started watching that Esther movie, and of course, Esther's talking about God, and the Book of Esther does not mention God. Right. They made so, a, trying they, to be holier than the book of it. This is what I'm talking about. They made multiple with, documentary series about yeah. Esther. It's called uh, The Bachelor. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, for me, I think I think there's aspect. I think Passion of the Christ. Uh, you know, without co-signing everything in it. Yeah. Um, that's a handy thing to keep in your back pocket without co-signing everything in it. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Yeah. But the ten, I mean, you know, I, I can't think. I'll, I'll tell you what comes to my mind. I'll tell you because I don't think he's looking for that. I really don't. Maybe you are, man on the left. But what I'm, what I think he's looking for is like, is there some other like you know mainstream movie that like captures the theme of your faith really well, or something like that. That's why I was trying to think. I never saw that like missionary movie, the Liam Neeson. I don't know if that would have been. I've ne- I've never seen it. But I'll tell you what, on the bible movies, the thing that immediately came to my mind was in the early 2000s to mid-2000s, there was um, the Gospel of John. and it, That was just the Good News Bible. It was verbatim, yeah, yeah, text. So, like, in fact, even as they're talking, you could see the numbers at the top of the top yeah, right. the guy from Lost in it is Jesus. Really? Yeah. Jack? No. Sawyer? Not Charlie, no. Pippin and Mary, Charlie. No, the the guy. Jim Caviezel. No, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was a. It doesn't matter. John Locke. No, uh, uh, he was the other guy. The I not he? I think he was the guy. That, it's been so long since I saw Lost, but um, he was waiting for his wife to show up on a submarine or something. I can oh yeah, 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 yeah. He kind of looked like Jesus. I mean, well, like the classical this, American that, that image of act, Jesus. Yeah, that was the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi Jesus right? he's Jesus in the sense that we were people in that, pop yeah, culture but he, he was are sometimes Jesus, referred he was to Jesus. Jesus he played uh, Jesus in, in that one in, in well the here's the thing the gospel of John I, I didn't think it just being the text messed it up it still felt like I was watching a movie yeah. and I really enjoyed it now I, that's been 16 years ago or something so if I watched it again now I don't know but okay yeah someone says Chronicles of Narnia but it was too cryptic yeah, allegorical films or like... Um, well, but does, does it thematically capture your faith the best? Yeah, I mean, that might be it. That could um, be. Um, that could be. I wish, you know, there's... I, I guess Tim Stratton would probably back me up on this. I mean, there's a big part of me that wish that Christianity could be uh, best defined by that uh, Denzel Washington movie. Uh, the, the Book, Book of, of Eli. Eli. Uh, I that's think what I wish Christianity anything would, that captures the yeah. true and the good and the beautiful yeah. to me is a good representation of Christianity and you can find that in things that are that are not even explicitly Christian or, or trying to oppose Christianity there's still going to be things that when you see an archetype of courage as a good thing and cowardice as a bad thing as you see in many yeah. war movies or hero movies that is we think a reflection of a good that our faith affirms as a good mm-hmm. um, and things like that alright well, let's move on Okay. Wait, did you say a movie? Yeah, you said Ten Commandments. I said The Passion of the Christ. Oh, yeah. As you saw- remember, have you always been a theist? Has it always been the same God? Have you ever changed denomination? If so... Uh, I didn't let him finish. Should I let him finish? Okay. What? Question nine. Okay. I think he's like, what, what did you change to? Okay, so... All you have the same theist? God all the way? Yes. Okay. Always been a theist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's the same God. Yes. And did you ever change denominations? Yes, several times. Okay. Started Methodist, went to non-denominational, went to Southern Baptist, went back to non-denominational. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I was Baptist through most of my life until about five years ago, um, in, in at which point I joined a local church one life network that you're also a member of now, mm-hmm. <coughs> which is non-denominational, but actually maybe more Baptist than me. Um, but in any case, uh, 
always been a theist, always worshiped the same God. Yeah. But we've changed positions still. Like mm-hmm. without changing denominations, we've still changed so, positions on different Calvinism, doctrinal dispensationalism, issues. complementarianism, I kicked all those things out because they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was going to add in my opinion, but I'm not going to add that. They're just wrong. All right, let's keep trucking. And there was uh, one free uh, paper or article that you think atheists should read, have a think about, and respond to. What do you think it should be? Okay, so now I'll start this one off. Like and freely available? I don't know. I don't read. I can. I can tell you freely available two freely available ones that I want to mention. First, and I, you said that maybe they should be responded to. I think this has been responded to but maybe not so much in the online atheist community. And that is uh, Alvin Plantinga's um, two dozen or so arguments for God. And then, and there's a book that's been written in uh, celebration of that. But then secondly, I, I that's a theist sort of you a hear thing. That? Yeah, they're doing something outside. Oh, okay. But then the, the second thing <clears throat> that I would say, is um, from an atheist source, I I don't think this is necessary for the man on the left or the man on the right. Um, But I would say that when it comes to atheist articles, I've mentioned uh, William Rose, um, the evidential argument from evil and some varieties of atheism. Those are two topics covered in the same article, and it's a famous article, and it's freely available if you just Google it. And what I would encourage, uh, what I would like to see atheists deal with is toward the end where he talks about different types of atheists as they consider theism and whether it's reasonable to be a theist or not. And I find this could is a very divisive <laughs> issue among atheists, and not in that they get mad at each other and things, but like in terms of categorizing where they land. I think that is a big difference. Is it reasonable to be a theist? Is it reasonable to be a Christian? Or is that unreasonable? And what does that make you in light of William Rose's last few paragraphs of his article? Jonathan, do you have anything, or did I not give you enough time to finish? Well, um, I was thinking, well, I mean, like David De Silva's free articles on Hebrews uh, chapter 6 are great, freely available arguments. You'd like to hear an atheist respond to that? But but it has nothing to do with the debates between Uh, but actually, there was something that was interesting, but it's not freely available anymore. I was just looking for it. That's not even written by a Christian and really doesn't have anything to do with the arguments either. But it was Zebra Crook's article on um, having what, what he called a secular translation of the Bible. And I I think that that would be good. Instead of using words like grace, use words like benefaction or benefit, you know de-theologize after centuries of yeah. embellishment so that you can have a so, so we can know so you can plainly see where the pieces are in terms of the cultural thinking of the day right so so that i mean you get you get rid of like loaded terms like predestined because there's other words you can use you get rid of all that theological baggage you know change <clears throat> change great you know get rid of having a secular translation means having having a translation that, that is free from words in english that have been front loaded with freight that they never intended to carry mm-hmm. and then start again. And he like and, grace wasn't a religious term. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wasn't represented by the dancing chair. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the three charities represented the reciprocity dance of yeah. the patient client relationship. If you want to say that's religious in that culture, fine, but that's not, it's not what we think of as a, a religiously embellished right. kind of term. Uh, but, so and I, I'm actually with him on that. That's what De Silva says. He says these are not principally yeah. religious terms. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I'm with Zebra Crook on that. Um, you know, the guy's not a believer. Uh, there's, a, it, but his uh, dissertation that was published, reconceptualizing conversion, outstanding dissertation, way too expensive. Get it on inter, interlibrary loan. And watch an interesting debate between him and Richard Carrier on whether or not Jesus existed. That's who, De Silva? Uh, no. Oh. Crook. Oh Zeba yeah. yeah. Crook. Okay. Um, Sorry, I... he's a he's a non-believer. He's an atheist. Because uh, that would be hilarious. The two of them debating. Yeah. Oh, De Silva and Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think De Silva debates. He doesn't. I, I don't know. All right. Let's go he's on with the video. Nice. Let's go I, on with the video. He wouldn't be. He he would. Listen, ten. 
Which atheist channels would you recommend to your fellow theists? So I'm not, I, I'm just, I'm, this is just me being honest. I don't know that I would recommend an atheist channel to a theist who, uh, um, I mean, I guess I do in a sense. Like a channel that's de dedicated to espousing atheism or a channel by an atheist? Oh, yeah, no. If you were saying like Joe Rogan. I think we're talking, right? I mean, yeah, but I think we're talking about channels that, that talk about world right, and religion right. stuff. Um, I mean, Joe Rogan, he's an atheist, right? Yeah, well, something like that. Yeah, or agnostic. Mm -hmm. But I, but. So it's not something like that, but something more along the lines of. Uh, I would push people to a channel like this one and the, like theirs, mm -hmm. because I know that they're not going to use just rhetoric. I know that they're not going to straw man what we're saying, well, I mean, why, at least not intentionally. Why would you not recommend somebody Cosmic Skeptics videos? I would maybe recommend Cosmic Skeptics. Yeah, I mean. But who am I recommending this to? I don't think I would. I know how this sounds. I would recommend. I would, but I'm not. I wouldn't be recommending. What I would want to do is, I mean, I think recommend in the sense of I recommend. See, I'm, I'm not with you on this because. I wouldn't recommend an atheist channel. But if I, I was going to recommend an atheist channel. I would say you need channel. to listen to them in their own words instead of listening to what we say they say and what we clip out so that we can respond to. I, I'm going to. I mean, I have, I've always been the don't. Don't ignore the primary sources from the other side, you know, mm -hmm. uh, whether you're a Calvinist who never bothers to read an Arminian author or whatever, or a Molinist for themselves or whatever, or you're a Christian, you know, only reading what atheists say because William Lane Craig quoted them in reasonable faith. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm never going to be that guy. I so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, go to their best, you know, go to their best and argue, you know. Yeah. Beat that in your own mind, even if you never debate him. You could just tell him to read Oppie and Sobel, and most of them won't, and then that'll be the end of yeah, that. Yeah, but, but what he asked about channels. I know. So let me say. Yeah, nobody's going to go read books. Come on, they don't. That's not cool anymore. So here's the thing. I wish it was. I wouldn't recommend uh, a believer go to an atheist channel because, and I realize how that sounds, but for us, we actually believe that judgment is on the line here. Right. E eternity is on the line. So why would I ever do something like that now? But if I if it was like if that wasn't in play, what channels would I feel best about? They're going to be honest. They're going to be representing us as best they can, representing the atheist arguments as best they can. It would be a channel like theirs or maybe like Cosmic Skeptic or um, maybe Ben Watkins or, you know, well, I mean, to recommend them to hear the best of their side, does not mean now only listen to them and never listen to anything else? I mean, that's not what I don't think that I would never recommend anyone do that. Nobody's but, insult. Nobody's criticizing, but you. I would say I they mean, love you right now. But I mean, if you read, <laughs> I'm books, the one I, sounding like a fundamentalist right now. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, I mean, I see what you're saying. I get the c concern, but, I, um, you know, I mean, if you want to engage in this kind of stuff, I mean, people who watch apologetics want to learn apologetics so they can engage for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so they're eventually going to need to engage it, you know, because yeah. that's the content. Their people are consuming that you're going to run into the Jim Bob on the street. Jim Bob atheist watches cosmic skeptic, or maybe he watches some of these other ones that are no good and you don't need to pay attention to that, but go get their best and argue with that in your head. If not with them, personally but you don't have to if you're a new apologist you don't have to try to respond to their best all at once you should try to stretch yourself that way but um i, mean, I think there's something I th about that and there's also something about the well it's okay for us to watch it but not you and i'm not doing i'm not this. telling people they can't watch it i'm just saying i'm not going to give it to you we link to the videos we respond to. we give to them that's the because i feel like i'm doing my due diligence to not you know to i'm, I'm using their video i want people to know I'm not misquoting them, so here's the link. So I guess that is me giving them the video, but I've also had my say in that in that respect. Okay. I understand how this makes me sound. I don't care. Yeah. I believe this stuff, <laughs> so it's, well, it's so it matters. Well, I believe this stuff too, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm not criticizing you. I know. You could do what you want. I, you know, I tell people all the time: go read Nietzsche. Go, go read <clears throat> uh, Russell. Go read these guys. Mm -hmm. You know. And they're all better than the new. Would you rather anyway. them go read Nietzsche or watch a YouTube video about Nietzsche? Go read Nietzsche. Right. And then maybe you'll they'll they'll be like me and find it interesting but 
bunk or they'll be like you and find it boring. You yeah. tell me you did not like her. Like my friend John Winters, when I, I was telling him, it's like, yeah, I got Braxton to, to, to start reading it. And he said he hated it. And that's his favorite atheist, my friend John Winters. Is it his favorite atheist because he wants to sound a certain way? His handle online was Darth Nietzsche. Yeah. For the Still, is, is that his favorite because he wants to sound a certain way? No, it's his favorite. He's because a- I'm telling you that I, I, I read all of Thus Saith Zorathustra, yeah. and I got news for you. It was boring. Right. You, it, but- and it's not because of a defect in me. It's a defect in him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Um, but, okay, if I was going to do that, I would recommend someone like their channel. Or I would recommend, I'll tell you, I might recommend an agnostic like um, Majesty of Reason, uh, the Joe Schmidt's channel. I, I would recommend, uh, and, and it, look, in terms of you being a new apologist and going after, you know, going to respond to somebody, you don't have to go after the best. I would say, I've told people for a long time, start with someone that it's not that hard to respond to. I mean, you, you that, know. That, that's saying a bunch of dumb things and somebody needs to respond. I would recommend certain because I don't want to recommend others because there are certain people that just their, their, their attempt is it's bad arguments. It's shock jock. It's, it's potty mouth stuff. Why would, I mean, it's a waste of people's time. You're not getting anything from that, mm-hmm. you know? So I want to make sure. That, so there's certainly certain ones that I would not recommend, but I would also say if you're looking for the best that they have to offer, go here, don't waste your time with this stuff. And so I think <clears> that's okay. Yeah. Okay. But I know that's going to let down the man on the left, I think. I don't think he thinks I'm the kind of person that would say something like that. But it's actually an attempt at intellectual honesty because this is what I actually believe is true. So I think the stakes are so high um, that I I would not even discourage someone necessarily unless they're in a moment of doubt from viewing an atheist video or something. But in terms of me like coming up with a list and giving it to somebody, I, I I don't see that happening. Maybe that's a, a something wrong in me. I don't know. All right. Let's and go. that's the end of the 10 questions for theists video. I hope you've enjoyed answering the questions. I'm really looking forward to reading or viewing your responses. We did like Please it. drop yeah. any links uh, in the comments below this video and share it with anyone else that you think might okay, be interested. Just, How can you not like this guy? I know, but now we're just... We're, just, we're done with him, is what you're saying. He's telling our audience to comment on a video that's... I don't care. You know what I do appreciate about him, even in light of what I've just said? In their response to my 21 questions for this year, it was him and three other guys, I think, or maybe four other guys, but I think it was him and three other guys. And he said, he he was so nice to to people from our audience, presuming that people from our audience would see it. He said, hey, if you're from Braxton's channel, man, you are welcome. We're so glad you're here. We love Braxton, stuff like that. I was just telling you to cut the video because he's done with the thing. But but uh, I wasn't trying to cut him off because I wanted no, no, him no, gone. I but I did I was wanna, like now we're just listening to him. I know, but I use like, that share and comment. I use I use that as a oh. springboard to talk about that he was really nice, um, in in being inviting to our to our crowd and not in like a bait and switch kind of way. Not like I'm trying to trick y'all into. No, I I genuinely believe he was he and the other guys they were just trying to be cool, and so I appreciate that. Um, We're terrible about telling people to like and share and stuff all throughout our videos. Well, we don't I'll have you, little things that pop up and say, smash that like button. We're, I'll tell you what. We're bad at that. I would really appreciate it if you guys would, and gals, would uh, would share videos yeah. like this. Or and go subscribe find... if you haven't, and click the like button if you haven't. Yeah. 40 and... likes, and we have 76 people watching. Just Click it. And I was going to say that, uh, and subscribe if you're not subscribed. But seriously, something has happened recently. Uh, You may have heard some things about YouTube changing their algorithm. They're changing their algorithm all the time. But when they have to make a video for their creators that says, um, oh, we're just changing the algorithm all the time. It means a bunch of people were like, what did you do to the algorithm? (laughs) So uh, I've had people who are subscribers to this channel saying our videos are not showing up in in their list. So I don't know what's going on. I have had a few videos that I intentionally did not monetize lately because I knew that we talked about things that YouTube wouldn't like. And I think it may be the case that if you don't monetize, they don't push your videos as much out there Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. But because of that, whatever's happening, I'm just being honest with you all, the subscribers, I mean, it was like a, it was like a faucet just got turned off. Yeah. 
And it's not because we did anything different. Right. So if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe to the channel. And click share the, like the video button. is what yeah, I was going to say. The video, share the video. Click the like button. And, oh, here's another thing that we never do. How would you answer those 10 questions? Put them in the comments. See, I'm getting better at this all the time. You're doing good. That's you how YouTubers like do stuff. So and we Justin need to start Broby, being like YouTubers and doing stuff. Justin Broby, Broby makes a fair comment. I'm waiting to see if I really like the video. I don't want to be a liar. Fair enough. All right. Um, but you can subscribe without being a liar because if you click subscribe, you very much did subscribe. Um, well, listen, this has been fun. Pritchett, have you had a good time? I always have a good time, man. Well, for those of you that are patrons, and if you're not a patron yet, look in the description down below. And what you will find there is a link that, uh, to our Patreon page. That's for people that give us a small amount of money. Uh, if yeah, you just want a to. dollar gets you in the door. We're not. Yeah. And, um, and then you can be a part of the after show, which is going to happen at 2.15 today in just a few minutes. The link is already there. The video screen is already there in the Patreon and room. Braxton's rants are epic. I mean, he even comes so close to just tearing through the screen. I mean, he is so vicious. You think Pritchett Prime's a thing? This dude in the after show is vicious. Let's uh, let's see if we can top it today. Yeah. Also, if you're a patron, you can jump right on with us there. We'll put a link in the in the thing. And Braxton so, will tear your head off if you say one wrong thing. You did it to Chris. Not but really. we'll, we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio. That date is wrong. Yeah, what what is that for? There, there we go. go. Later.